Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. You know, here we are, Monday, another week starting. It's, uh, it's, it's just, it's great being a speculist. What can I tell you? you know, <laughs> yeah, we do our, we do our show. Uh, for those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, this is a three-time-a-week show, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, so we're uh, starting out a week of goodness here. We're oh, talking well, about non-zero probability, and right? If you get lonely for us on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we do run best of. So it's just <laughs> that's right. So it's a five day a week show. If it's I... happening all week long, all that's week right. long. And we st- we're starting out with a fun one tonight. We're going to talk about the non-zero probability. And I'm going to tell you, Stephen, I think that the world we live in is the world of the non-zero probability. That basically. This is, a, this is a critical concept for those of us who are interested in the future. It's a critical concept for those of us who are interested in progress. It's a critical concept for anybody who wants to change anything, who wants to accomplish anything. The, the idea of things that are uh, possible, right? The, 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 the probability is not zero. So I saw this piece. It was on Forbes. The odds of your unlikely existence were not infinitely small. Immediately... You get my attention with a headline like that because, as I've got linked here in the show notes, I've written on this subject about how likely our lives are in the past, and, and I find it a really, a, a really fascinating subject. No, no, bottom line on that is no matter how lucky you ever get in this life, you will never come anywhere near achieving the luck that you had in just coming to exist in the first place. That, that, that is, you uh, have won the lottery uh, big time. <laughs> you have broken the bank in Vegas just by coming into existence in the first place. And so I thought, well, immediately they, they have my attention with this title. And this is actually a piece about Bayes' theorem, uh, something that is popularly discussed amongst transhumanists and singularitarians, people who value a rational discourse about the universe, who, who are interested in finding the, the rational way forward for humanity. Bayes' theorem plays a big role in defining that. And what I like about this piece is, uh, by the way, I'm not going to try to explain or describe Bayes' theorem because I've read extensively about it. And the more I read, the less confident I feel trying to say anything broad or sweeping about it, except, except to say that it, that it has to do with uh, <laughs> kind of the uh, intersection of probabilities. It, it has to do with the, uh, uh, you know, what, what were the chances that uh, we would have a podcast today? Well, uh, you got to look at the chances that Phil would show up and the chances that Stephen would show up, right? It, it, that, that's what Bayes' theorem is about. It's about, uh, you know, and of course all the other factors that, that, that come it, it, it into turns place. out the odds are pretty good because you know we got a pretty good track record at least, yes. uh, you know, uh, at least over the last few years. So, <laughs> I guess yeah, the odds were good for that one because yeah, yeah if you look, uh, you know. I almost always show up. You almost always show up. Uh, we almost always have a show. So that that one is that one is actually pretty good. Now some things are much less likely 
to have ever happened. And they give they give some really good examples. And of course, if you're interested in the whole anthropic principle, we talk about sometimes if you if you look at cosmological models, we know that uh, from all the possible universes that could have existed, it seems very unlikely that that a universe could have existed that has our exact setup, which makes it possible for beings like us to exist. Of course, the anthropic principle turns that back around and says, yeah, but we're here talking about it, therefore that's the, that's the yeah. universe that we live we're, in. So we're going to be in a universe that allows us to exist. So, you know, if, if it weren't in a universe that allows us to exist, there wouldn't be anyone here wondering how <laughs> about it <laughs> and not existing, right, or, or existing. So... Uh, right. Yeah. And and so. you know there's there's the stuff that's closer to home the, where the earth is positioned the fact that we have a moon just all kinds of stuff. You know, at one yeah. point there were only 10,000 people and now we got we've got 7 billion all, 10, all kinds of people. We we almost went out at one point, didn't we? As our exactly. species. Yeah, I mean, what were the odds of the species surviving? Not good at that point. When there were only 10,000 of us. You know, I, I, I would venture to say that any species on earth with only 10,000 members today we would consider endangered. Right. right. That's, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a species that's hurting. It's in, it's in trouble. And that was us. That was humanity at, at some point about, well, about 50,000 years ago, I think, is, yep. is what, the, is what they estimate. But well, we bounced we, back. Yeah, we did. We managed, we managed, we managed to come roaring back. And, you know, I, and is, you know, the, we, we could have a whole show on why that is too, but uh, that's not really what we're talking about tonight, is it? So well, no, I'll, no, I'll leave that rabbit to be chased another time. We're, we're talking about we're talking about beating the odds, and I just want to read a little section from this from this article on Bayes' theorem. It says, if you want to create our universe with our laws of physics, our local group, our sun, our Earth, all the stuff I was just talking about, and every one of us, given all the conditions that existed before the Big Bang, that probability may be very, very small. But it can't be infinitely small. If it were, our model for the conditions that existed before the Big Bang could be ruled out immediately with no need to gather data or make measurements. And he goes on to say, this is true for all types of probabilities. So this sounds like the biggest duh of all time, but it's yeah. actually very profound what, uh, what, well, what and, he's saying here. There's, there's sort of an anthropic way of looking at this too, Phil. I mean, you know, the odds sitting you know, there at the moment of the Big Bang that a person exactly like you and a person exactly like me and, and all the other people on Earth existing at this moment in time would be very, very, very infinitesimally low. Right. But if, uh, um, what, but if it were a different life form instead that, that resulted, they would be talking about their odds of being infinitesimally low also, right? Of course, yes. So, I mean, we are here to wonder about it, and therefore... You know, I, I don't know. I, I, you, you get where I'm going with this. I, yeah, I definitely. I, 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 def I definitely do. But let's say there's just one universe, right? Right. Um, and this is the, this is the one that happened. Any universe could have happened, and this is the one that happened. We got lucky, right? I mean, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and and the uh, uh, the the thing he says is that uh, this remains true for all types of probabilities. So the next time something unlikely happens, or you realize that something very unlikely must have already occurred, remember that no matter how unlikely it is, the odds of it happening weren't infinitely small. Its existence, just like our existence, already disproves that possibility in the same way that uh, um, you, you know, the, the anthropic principle kind of puts us in a universe where we, can, where, where we can have that conversation. Now, you were talking about you know, the chances of a universe that had both of us in it. Just cut that in half, or actually 
cut it by millions and millions. And just, just the universe that has you in it, right? Steve? right? And I've got this blog post I wrote a while back, How Likely Is Your Life? And that links to another piece where a fellow named uh, Benazir did some rough calculations. And he came up with the odds against any one individual actually being here as um, one, uh, basically it's a one followed by 2.685 million zeros, okay, to one, all right? So um, far outnumbering the number of particles in the universe or any of that kind of stuff, you know, just, just you, you know, out, outnumbering. So basically go win the lottery every day for the rest of your life and, and you're, not, you're not there. And you're, you still haven't achieved the luck that you achieved just in coming to exist in the first place. But, but to swing it back up, this is what's interesting. But it was a never, never a zero probability. There was never a zero probability that I would exist. And the fact that I'm here obviously proves that. But, but what that says to me, um, outside of the scope of just amazing ourselves with the big numbers and the, and the odds against our, uh, uh, our existing, is that a thing can't actually become possible. Now, a thing maybe can become impossible, and we'll have, to, we'll have to ponder that in another show. But if it's possible, it just is possible, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like that, 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 that possibility is lying there dormant, and all we can do really is change the probabilities, right? All we can do is plug a different number in. But if the number was zero, <laughs> right, there was, no, there was no combination of factors that you could have multiplied through to make it come out to something, right? If, right, there's, a, right, right. if, if there's a zero anywhere in the formula, uh, it, it can't happen. So I think, well, you know, that's the, that's the, you know, in, in my way of thinking, that's the miracle of existence, right? So yeah. if, if at the beginning of the universe nothing exists, you know, the miracle is that it went, you know, it went from nothing to something. Well, obviously, uh, you know, there, there's some argument as to whether it went from nothing to something, and you know, there's. There, there was something there, but uh, right. Anyway, it's still that's the miracle of existence. Why it wouldn't it have been easier for there to have been nothing at all, uh, no particles, no anything, rather than and and then and then for there to be a universe with sentient life in it. That's that's pretty miraculous. I'll uh, yeah, it it I'll take it, it, uh, it, it, uh, it it almost feels like that's the only word you can use, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you, I, I was I was telling you about this book I read a while back. I think I mentioned this on the show, uh, called A Universe from Nothing. Um, uh, just wonderful breakdown on what's occurred in cosmology and physics over the last 20 years. If you want to get caught up on that stuff, read this book. But the the polemic side of it, the argument side of it, is and no math, right? It's uh, it's something that you know. I, I wouldn't have to have like calculus eight to understand, right? <laughs> well, no, no, I, I've never, I never took calculus, and I understood the book, but okay, but right. be ready to be challenged. I mean, be ready to, okay. you know, yeah, be ready to absorb some, some big concepts as we as we start talking about dark matter and dark energy, and you know, all these all these weird ideas that have had to come into play as we as we understand how the universe works better. But the thrust of the argument of the book, all of this is kind of as a side. Uh, he, he mentions all of this as a side to make his case that it's really not that big a deal that there's something rather than nothing. And that part is not convincing to me. I, you know, that's the part. <laughs> he had you all the way up to that, right? <laughs> right. Well, he starts with that, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, well, I'm not convinced yet, but maybe when I see all the evidence, and he gives all the evidence, and I get to the end, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still not convinced. Um, he makes a really good case. He makes a good case about how the universe, as we understand it, does produce 
something from nothing. You, you know, the virtual particles appearing, you know, because of quantum fluctuations and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that, you know, you can take that out of the formula and just say, well, you don't even need to have that universe, right? Because right. That, that whole universe can come into being, right? And it's like, okay, well, that's pretty good too. I mean, you're getting closer and closer, but ultimately you still have to have some maybe very small line of code, some very small mathematical formula sitting there at the core of ultimate existence that's well, cranking everything else well, out. You know? you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, our universe didn't come from some, nothing. It, it, there's a multiverse. Well, okay, you just added another turtle that, that we're sitting on top of. Right. Um, you know, the, the, multi, the multiverse had to come from, come from nothing, right? So, you know, so... It's uh, it's the the I still find existence of any sort to be a a miracle and uh, it's pretty it's pretty great so <laughs> it's and pretty weird it's 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 a uh, weird and miraculous thing uh, the fact that there's something rather than nothing continues to confound that's the thing right. and right. and even even if all that was required was there to be this one mathematical formula that produces the quantum universes that produces the multiverse that produces the quantum particles that allows for inflationary expansion that allow you know the whole thing builds off that it's like okay well then why was there that one formula right how did that get there how, you know it, it, you can't um it, no matter how elegantly you do it you can't get away from that you, you know you can't uh, you can't make it an un, uh, a, a causeless cause so uh it, it remains uh it remains a mystery anyway I, I lost the thread of where i was going with that i introduced that with something it was a pretty great thread though yeah, well, it was, it, but it was something related to this topic, but I, I can't remember now. Um, anyway, um, here we are. We're all living in, uh, in an extremely unlikely future. Um, you know, the odds, the odds were against us ever existing. And if you follow the links I've provided here to some of my earlier blogs, the chances of you leading the life you're actually leading right now are minuscule. You know, even given right. your birth, right, the, the oh, fact yeah. that you're – the fact that your life is what it is right now. There's a million things that could have happened to me along the way, and, uh, um, you know. Yeah, and so many things did happen to you along the way that you didn't think about, and you still don't think about it. It's just like, well, that's, you know, a thing that happened, but it's like everything would have been different had that not occurred, right? Right. Um, so, So here we are, extremely unlikely future. We're here. That's unlikely. Um, if you if you take it back a step and you say that, that humanity evolved and survived, we were talking about that. Very unlikely that that would have occurred. Um, and we were down to 10K at one point. If you've got humanity living on the planet, what does it take to make them civilized, right? What, what happens? What's the, you know, what's the magic uh, borderline that gets crossed that makes humans decide – you know, we're going to start writing things down. We're going to go agrarian. We're going to, you know, we're not, we're not going to be hunter gatherers anymore. We're going to build cities. We're going to start. We're going to start not just making simple some happy tools. accidents. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, involved in that. Um, you know, you, you get you get hungry enough, and uh, you you eat this this you know grassy thing that's growing along you know growing along the trail because you know that's how hungry you are, right? And, exactly. Uh, and then, and then you, and then you come back and hey, it's 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 growing there again. And then pretty, you know, um, and 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 you use that to supplement your diet. And pretty soon you're you're cultivating wheat, right? Um, uh, and and you're picking out the uh, picking out the uh, the grass that grows the more of the food, more of the food, uh, and you're encouraging it as opposed to the you know the those that are not. And so, over over generations and generations, you are 
encouraging something to uh, to produce more and more. So that you know, happy accidents like that, and then long before you're writing stuff down, you've got an oral you got oral traditions and and myths and things that you're passing. Sure, but on. you had those when you were a hunter gatherer, right? Yeah, that's so right. M- maybe it's finally when you when you get civilized, you start writing all that stuff down. It's like you know, we're going to forget all this if we don't. Right. Uh, you know, because everybody's it, it, making it gear be something now. Like, uh, you know, it could be something weird like a mark on a tree to, uh, to, uh, that it, to, to point out a particular trail to the hunters. And, and pretty soon, the, the, you know, they, they change the mark in some way and it, to, to add additional meaning. And pretty soon they're, they're realizing we can, do, we can, we can uh, convey more meaning if we change the mark up a little bit, you know. And exactly. pretty soon they got, you got a writing system, but that's a slow, you know, slow, slow process to go from no writing system to writing system. It, 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 that has to take thousands of years. Yeah, a lot of painstaking things had to happen to, to evolve from narrowing in on finding the same plants in the same place all the time to making this leap where you're planting them and growing them and staying in the same place was a huge leap to make right. that leap. But then everything else happens pretty fast after that. You know, once right. you've got the surplus of food, you're building structures – Somebody decides Turns out that not, every, not everybody has to be, uh, you know, uh, has to spend all their time uh, hunting or gathering. If you've right. got enough people in one place, you can have a, you can have some people that are, you know, that are professional wise men or something, or you know, or, exactly. You get a, you get a soldier class, you get a priestly class, you get, uh, you know, kind of an intellectual class. You get, you know, society gets structured. All these things happen. One of the things I wonder. And I've not, I've never read about this. I'd, I'd be interested to see something on this. If there were false starts, you know, little false yeah. dawns along the way, where we got through some of it, and maybe even got as far as starting to build villages and things like that. But then it's like, well, a bad year, point, a bad crop, and like we're back future, to hunter gatherers again. You know, uh, at some point in the near future, I'm going to have to talk to you about the uh, books I've gotten through recently, uh, "Magicians of the Gods" and "Fingerprints of the Gods" um, by Graham Hancock, who's got, who's got some. Non-standard ideas. Let's put it that way about uh, about the history of of how uh, civilization got started. Well, I'll tell you what. I we're, we're putting together our, our thoughts for what Friday's show is going to be. Let's just let's uh, bookmark that and say we'll come back and talk about uh, what was it? Magicians of the woman? okay. Uh, the first the first book was fingerprints of the gods. Oh, okay. Okay, and uh, and then just very recently he he published the sequel, which is magicians of the gods. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk about that on. Uh, we'll talk about that on Friday. Um, I, I think this this idea of a false start because you definitely can see it if you if you jump to the next one. Technology, right? It happened, but it yep. didn't. It didn't necessarily happen all at once, and there were definitely false dawns for technology. We know that there there were times and places when um, things came along pretty well, but they didn't have an industrial revolution, right? Or well, well, think about um, the Antikythera mechanism, which was exactly. a primitive computer, right? Right. That that existed. We know it existed, but there was no computer age uh, in in ancient Rome. And why is that? Well, I've got an idea. Well, Archimedes was killed. <laughs> yeah, it, it might it might be as simple as that. It might have been as simple as that. It might have been Archimedes's invention. And uh, when they went to uh, when the Rome uh, Rome went to take this town where he was. The, the the order was capture this man alive. We want this man alive. He is crucial to us. 
We've got to have him. And, of course, when uh, the, the Roman soldiers broke into where he was, he didn't even look up from his uh, equations. He was too busy working. He, you know, he's, you know, he's Sheldon Cooper of that age, right? Patron saint of nerds, absolutely. Yeah, he, just, he was a nerd. I mean, yeah. doing his nerd thing and couldn't be bothered with Roman soldiers bursting in, right? Right. And uh, because, because he didn't acknowledge them, they ran him through. Now, I suspect that the soldier who ran him through got ran through himself, uh, but, uh, but the world lost a possible, you know, there was a possibility of a much earlier computer age because of that. And uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, possibility, isn't it? It is. But, it, it, it absolutely is. And the point is, it was a non-zero chance, you yeah. know. Yeah. Another soldier happens to be the one who comes in, doesn't kill him, and yeah. maybe it takes off from there, right? Right. Or... Or there's another Archimedes, right? Some, somebody else who who died even more unfortunately a little sooner that uh, that that could have that could have covered the same ground. Um, we definitely right. know that that there have been big advances, big speed ups, and then huge long slowdowns in technological development. And, and it's been suggested that like the founding fathers of the U.S. when they're basing their structure of government on the Roman Empire, in many ways lived in the same world as the ancient right. Romans. That's yeah. true. It was possible in that day and age for you to know basically everything that was available to be known. Right. That was probably at the very end of that time, right? I mean, uh, Benjamin Franklin, you know, I mean, he, 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 uh, he knew all that was available for him to know. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson, these, these were very smart guys, but uh, they were, they, you know, they didn't have the same shoulders to stand on we do, right? That's and, right. Uh, Suddenly something clicked. And technology happened. You know, we right. call it the we call it the industrial revolution. And you can even see the same thing within technology with computers, where they may have right. shown up a century and a half earlier than they, or not, not a century earlier than they did, with uh, with with some of the early discussions. The difference that, engine. Yeah, with the yeah. difference engine, exactly right. Um, didn't didn't happen. Could have happened though. It was a it was a non-zero probability. And the point is, you you have to then take those probabilities and turn them around the other way and say that civilization may not have occurred for another 10,000 years than it did, which is you know, just a blip on the history of humanity scale. right? We, we'd been around, if you count Homo erectus, we'd been around for a million years and hadn't gone civilized. Um, so it, it might have taken 10,000 more years for that to happen, or it might have taken another 5,000 years for us to become technologically adept. Or we could be in the year 2017 or the year 2217 and still not be a technological society or a, or, or a data-driven society that we, that we live in today. There was, a zero, there was a non-zero probability, though, that we would be where we are, and we made it. Because, right. because the probability, however unlikely it was that we would be here, kept getting updated and updated and updated until it became a 100% probability. Because now, we, you know, clearly it is a 100% probability that we'd be living in the, uh, in the era that we're living in. So... What this makes me think is that when, whenever we talk about the future, whether we're making a plan for the future, setting a goal for it, anything that, anything that we're trying to make happen, we're just trying to change the probability of some non-zero probability. We're, we're saying here's an outcome that we've decided is a non-zero probability, and we want to drive it to 100%. Isn't that really what we're doing? No. <laughs> I guess so. When... when uh, you know, if, you, if you've got a dream of how you, of, of the future you want, and uh, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make that each and every day you wake up, you're trying to uh, um, increase the odds that the, that the future that you want 
you know, go, it goes to 100% and becomes the present, right? So Yeah. I, okay, so uh, an example, right? What were the odds that in the year 2025, most of the traffic on U.S. highways would be self-driving cars? What were the odds of that five years before the DARPA Grand Challenge, right? If someone wanted to set the odds for that, they would have been, you know, pretty astronomical, right? Thousands right, right. to one, right? Not, you know, people would say, yeah, you're talking about something that's probably 100 years away yeah. if it ever happens. Yeah, is what yeah is, people would have set the odds of that at, at hundreds or thousands to one, I think. Tens right. of thousands to one, right? right? Once the DARPA Grand Challenge occurs, maybe they go up a bit, right? But right. somewhere in there, what are the and, odds and today? The thing, you know? had, the, had the DARPA Grand Challenge happened and then nobody else, no, no private enterprise, picked up the idea and run with it, it would have been this interesting thing that happened a few years ago. Right, that, right. That, uh, you know, a false dawn, right? Yeah, the but Apollo had, pro- program, basically, right. of, yeah. We, we might be no closer to self-driving cars than we are to a permanent moon colony today, right? Right. Um, had had uh, other, things, other things not happened, but things did happen. People got, got a hold of this idea and said, yes, this is real. We can do this. And those odds have been changing ever since to the point where today, people like you and I, I think we would say there's better than a 50-50 chance of that happening by 2025, right? Okay, now what's, what are you saying? More, more people in self-driving cars by 2025 than not? Is that what more, Yeah, more self-driving car traffic than, than, autonomous, or than driven traffic by 2025. It's, okay, I, here I would we say are that's in 2017. A, we're talking, uh, we're talking eight, a years mere, eight, mere right. eight years from now. Yeah, it sounds crazy when you put it that way. Okay, say um, 25% of the traffic on the road there. I, I place the chances of you being correct at 75%. <laughs> Better than 50%. Very good. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, yeah, I, I think there's a, a huge chance now because, I mean, uh, we've, we've got self-driving cars now on the margins, right? I mean, just... Yeah, I think the only thing that would make that not happen is just that it takes people longer than that to swap out their cars. It right. turns out that everybody loves driving after all, and uh, yeah. you know, although although the technology is there, it's just not being adopted that way. Well, and, and plus you have to get a new car to get a self-driving car, right? right. So right. when the technology gets here and we have the infrastructure for it, it still might take another five years. But by well, 2030, if they're not, uh, you well, know, let I, me take issue with what you just said. You have to get a, uh, you have to buy a new car to get one, to get to be ready for it. Well, you know, Teslas, new Teslas that are being uh, sold now. Uh, uh, have all of the hardware necessary? Yeah, and but so I think that really doesn't speak to the broader car market. You know, yeah, I, mean, I think uh, that's going to spread throughout the uh, car industry, so that when you, whenever you get a new car, it'll be ready for that moment in which they they feel comfortable enough to to allow you to download it, get it off the cloud, and and then let your car take over. Um, so that cool. I certainly hope we're that allowing them to self drive. Yeah, I certainly hope that other other car makers are following Tesla's lead in that and in a lot of things because they, yeah, there's an awful absolutely. lot they can awful lot they can learn from uh, they can learn from Tesla. But but there you go. I think that one is probably it's as good example. an example as we'll ever get of how right. how a non-zero probability can go from remotely unlikely to you know the smart bet in a very short right. period of time. In the lifetime of this show, it has gone from. It has gone from kooky talk, crazy talk, and we've talked about this before, to to the most likely bet. And I think what we do on this show 
is we track things that are in that process. That's really what we're all about, right? But we, we love it when we're called kooks. Uh, because yeah. it makes us feel like we're on the right track. It yeah, really absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy being called, and not by you, but you know when <laughs> if, when if other I people call you a kook, uh, Phil, you're really gone off off the rails. You really yeah, are. that's out of line, bud. When you say it, but <laughs> but if other but if other people say it, so when we talk about things like Mark Zuckerberg curing all diseases, right? We did a show on that a while back. That seems right. very unlikely, but you know what? The fact that he's doing that has already shifted those probabilities. It was a non-zero probability, and he has shifted it by, by doing that. All, you know, the, the idea of aging being treated, all the research being done, all of the new experimental treatments that are coming out, that's all changing those probabilities. What we're seeing well, is a lot I, of non-zero probabilities. The, uh, the news that we got just a couple of weeks ago on, on aging uh, changed the likelihood in my mind of it happening um, you know, in my lifetime so that I'll actually get the treatment you know, um, and and not and not you know die for sure by the time I'm 90 or whenever. Um, no matter how well I take care of myself, you know, dead meat at 90, basically, right? Well, yeah. the the chances uh, uh, have have uh, shot up astronomically after that news regarding uh, what they've done with the with the mice lately. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, because they're they're reversing aging in mice. Right. So you know, let's 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 do it for people. That's another great example. At the same time as the DARPA challenge. At the same time we started this show, right, we're just saying that's all pretty much the same era. Right. What were the chances that, say, by the time we hit 75, 80 years old, there would be a realistic reset treatment available for people that age? Remote. What were the odds back then? Again, it's going to be hundreds to one, right? Right, right. And what are they now? I, I, better than 50-50. They're 50. better, right? Better than 50-50. Yeah, better. yeah. I'd say they're 50-50 or better. So those yeah. are those are both really good, I think, really good examples of a non-zero probability that has become, you know, has slidden into onto the likely track, and it has become right. a like a likely future. So, folks, we're out of time. All I can say is, don't be discouraged by low probabilities. Okay, <laughs> low probabilities. Uh, wh- what we're about as a species is taking those probabilities and turning them into High probabilities. Don't play the lottery based on that. That's not what I mean. Okay. This is the human imperative. (laughs) It's the human imperative. Don't play the lottery based on what I just said, though. That's not what I mean at all. That's true. So please listen back to the show and understand. If you can change the probabilities, that's that's what you. uh, That's that's what. That's what we're about. All right. So uh, speaking of probabilities, I'd say there's a hundred percent chance we're going to be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. A lot better than 90%. Okay, better than – thank you for keeping it real, Stephen. There's a better than 90% chance we're going to be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. It's been great talking with you, Stephen. It's been great being with you all. And until next time, live to see it. 